My favorite slice of life anime is uh, Seinfeld, I think. <laughs> yeah, the OG slice of life anime. Yeah. Seinfeld. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Kill a Deli Bird Nation. This is the To, Kelly, to Kill a Deli Bird podcast. Uh, shout out to all of our top fans, all five of you who tune in every week. Uh, let's grow if, uh, that. Let's grow that uh, rabid nation of fans. We we love the support that we're hearing. Tons and tons of uh, of uh, silence, but uh, that's what makes a great podcast. They say the silence is deafening. <laughs> deafening and beautiful no but seriously to the people who are following us weekly love that there are a few of you we have fun doing this hope you have fun listening to it uh it's been a great time so far so yeah this is to kill a deli bird uh we're a pokemon analysis podcast we watch old pokemon episodes discuss them one of us is a pokemaster one of us doesn't know that much about pokemon but has watched a lot of other anime read a lot of manga books video games, that sort of thing. I'm the one who doesn't know Pokemon. My name's Graham, and my co-host, the Pokemaniac, Kellen. How you doing, Kellen? I'm lovely. Lovely. Always lovely. Always lovely. If if one day you aren't lovely, I don't know what I'll do with myself. Well, we won't be able to record the podcast. Yeah. That's and for I'll sure. I'll be very sad. Yeah. So you know how I've been uh, bringing up uh, competing podcasts in different categories? Well, I, mm-hmm. I did another study this week. I found out we are the top podcast to listen to if you are on a beach, standing alone, staring into the sunset. <laughs> True story. These are very, very specific Very categories specific. You're if you're on a beach with others, with your family, don't listen to our podcast. Like, hang out with your friends. Like, whoop. Yeah, like that's really a, that's, that's really weird. Listener podcast. But if you're on a beach alone, staring into the sunset, I think this our podcast, podcast will do it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's other beach themed podcasts. I found a list. Okay, just okay. beach it. The Michael Jackson summer experience. Just beach it. <laughs> uh, we got another one. Socks and sandals. Sins of the father. Ooh, that's a scathing Ooh. one. Here's one of my favorite. Wet Hot Canadian Summer, Stories of a Lake Town Dive Bar. That one's really popular. <laughs> and all those stories only take place within like a two-day period. That's, where, <laughs> that's what our summer is. Yeah, the two days when just tons of teenagers get drunk and try to hook up mm-hmm. in a small seedy town. Uh, and then my absolute favorite uh, beach-themed podcast, Sand Everywhere, Summer Vacation with Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Thank you. Thank sounds you. Like a good Rounds one. of applause. Like a good one. Rounds of applause. Yeah, do I do I yeah. need to give the disclaimer now that when I do these, I'm I made these up. These are not real podcasts. No, I think it's funny. Okay, I think it's funny to uh, to just to, to, to keep the joke up there. <laughs> yeah, don't don't break the fourth wall. Don't break the fourth wall. Okay. okay. In fact, I know I know of a beach theme podcast. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, it's uh, it's called I believe it's called Son of a Beach, <laughs> uh, Tales of Conception. On Ew. the shores. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really fucked up. <laughs> like tales of conception like uh like sex stories that yes. resulted yes, in a it's birth. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> From the perspective of who? Like awkward stories told to children. <laughs> like like oh Not my parents told me that of how I was born. <laughs> Listeners can send in their stories of, of children they conceived while on a beach. And- <laughs> 
yeah. they get read out. Number, it's really fucking Number weird. one, number two. Okay, this kid, we yeah. okay, we had him in the back of a car, but this one was on a beach, yeah. Cool. Unfortunately, there, there, there aren't that many stories that they could get in, so it only lasted like five episodes, but you know. But it was enjoyable while it lasted. Crazy five episodes, eh? Yeah, it was wild. Well, that is my <laughs> podcast competition summary this week. Why don't you tell us what we're actually going to talk about this episode? Today, we are looking at two more episodes of the Indigo League arc. We're looking at episode 18, Beauty and the Beach, which is not the episode 18 you would see if you were watching through like Netflix or something. We're going on the... Uh, the original intended Japanese airing order. So episode 18 is Beauty and the Beach, which is a banned episode. It aired once outside of, or in in the West, uh, heavily edited. And then also episode 19, Tentacool and Tentacruel, which, while not banned, was pulled from rotation for a time. Around 9-11, am I correct? Yeah. Because it yeah. shows a city under attack. Mm-hmm. Correct. How'd you feel about these episodes? I thought they were fun. I've never seen Beauty and the Beach. They're fun. So it was fun to see an episode fully blind. And I think Tentacool and Tentacruel is a good action-packed episode. Yeah, uh, Beauty and the Beach has a lot of weird, uncomfortable stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So I can't say I loved it. Uh, But it does fit into some nice, yeah, kind of breather uh, vacation episode kind of tropes. Um tentacruel and tentacruel or whatever that one's called tentacruel and tentacruel is that what it's called yeah. that episode slaps i thought that episode mm-hmm. was awesome not a good one it's maybe not top compared to like okay there's other episodes that maybe have stronger themes that like um you know sh- highlight the strong points of pokemon like stuff that really highlights say pikachu's personality i probably like those episodes the best uh but this comes in number in a solid second place where it's just like some weird and wacky over-the-top anime crap so i i liked mm-hmm. that one a lot yeah it's a good one but beauty and the beach that's let's start with this one so band episode it it di- did air in japan th- but there a dub exists like i watched a dub mm-hmm. even though so they made a dub a censored dub though because mm-hmm. parts of it switched to just Japanese. It was a kind yeah. of a weird experience. Yeah, so this episode did air in the West. It aired three years after the uh, the, the initial airing in Japan. Uh, it was noted as the lost episode over here. It was heavily cut. It's only 18 minutes long. It cuts out all of the uh, scenes where James has boobs. Yes, the infamous James has boob scenes. We will get mm. to those. They are as weird as they sound. They are very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so do you know, do you know, though, after it, okay, after those scenes were, were cut, um, they made, they still had a shortened dub, and then why weren't, th- why was that still a banned episode, do you know? I was trying to find, I thought I read it earlier, um, I cannot find it again. Yeah, I'm not really sure, like, it's all a little bit awkward, the whole episode, so maybe they just mm-hmm. played it safe kind of thing, um... I don't know. Yeah, it's it was just never aired. They aired the heavily dubbed or heavily edited one, and then it's just never been put on any official platforms. Right. Or aired. Yeah, and I had no memory of this one, so I doubt. It, it's very possible, like, even with that original uh, uh, distribution, it's very possible that that never happened in Canada, even. Mm-hmm. 
Um, none of the none of the sources ever mentioned Canadian anime distribution. It's America <laughs> or nothing. Yeah. So we did watch the episode. We watched the original dub uh, with the edited out scenes in it, and those scenes were in Japanese because they, I guess, they never got dubbed. Um, so it bounced from Japanese to English a little bit, but overall, we still watched uh, an English dub. Yeah. That. So that's the background into yeah. uh, into this. Yeah, the, the kind of the weird nature of this episode. Um, sorry, I cut you off, though. Kick us off. And so the episode starts where we left off last time. The gang is in Porta Vista. Uh, and they're, it's a beach. So they're going to they're gonna go swimming in the ocean. They're going to have a good time. Uh, Brock and Ash are very enamored, or they seem very enamored, seeing Misty in a two-piece swimsuit. But really, they're just shocked that she looks like a girl. Yeah, this is where the weird stuff starts. Like, there's a lot of pointing out uh i don't know femininity of these characters in a way that's like it's cool for them to own it themselves but like missy's like a 10 year old girl like Mm -hmm. i i i I don't know i don't i mean ash is a 10 year old boy so yeah so that's the character dynamic makes sense um but it's all a little strange i do like okay so they're on the beach they're having fun. Misty has this like floaty, like a beach ball. That's like a it's a master ball from the games, mm-hmm. right? And what what's the whole? Okay, maybe you can do a quick rundown, at least just the basics of of pokeballs, right? Like so, we've seen in the show the basic pokeball, um, but there's different pokeballs with different properties, right? Yeah, in the first gen, there were only five different pokeballs. There's something like there's twenty something now, I think. Um, and what is the point of different Pokeballs? Well, they have different catch rates based on different um, situations. Uh, it's not really applicable in Gen 1. In Gen 1, it's just Pokeball, Great Ball, and Ultra Ball, and then the Master Ball. And so, like, and they just have different flat catch rates. Yeah, right? so a Pokeball has just a one-times catch rate. A Great Ball is 1.5 times more likely to, to uh, catch a Pokemon than a Pokeball is. And an Ultra Ball is twice as likely to catch a pokemon as a regular pokeball is master ball catches a pokemon regardless and a it safari ball is the yeah and the safari ball actually i think there's some kind of glitch that wasn't intended where you actually can miss with a master ball in some situations in gen one there were um, a lot of unintended glitches oh yeah. yeah oh yeah and then the safari ball is the last ball i believe it is just a one-times catch rate but you're only able to use it in the uh, safari zone and you can't use any other balls right so she's, so she's holding one. a beach ball that is uh, uh, fashioned after a Master Ball. Master Ball's the best Pokeball you can get, mm-hmm. right? It don't miss. You only get one of them. You don't miss. You only get one of them. And you only get one. Unless you duplicate them with another glitch. <laughs> yep. Good old missing, though. <laughs> uh, okay, so they're playing on the beach. I, I want to talk about at some point, but maybe I'll save this for the, the end of this episode, about beach episodes in anime. Because this is... That scene of them playing on the beach basically establishes this as a beach episode. Um, mm-hmm. Are you familiar with with that as like a cliche or a phrase? I do actually. My uh, my friends and I talk about it kind of sometimes. If uh, if they're planning on going to the beach, we call it a beach episode. There you go. Yeah, this is yeah. a huge a huge cliche. It probably stems from. I mean, for one, there's a, a whole subgenre of of anime called slice of life which is just watching characters do very normal things. And um, <laughs> it sounds boring as heck, and some people do think it's boring. But if you're in the right mood, it's it's perfect. Like, because you're just, like, hanging out. 
It's like a hangout chance, right? So the stakes kind of get lower and it feels like a bit of a vacation from kind of the regular things. And that's probably why thematically it fits to use the beach so much because that's a typical Japanese summer summer holiday. Uh, and it's a typical summer outing for a lot of a lot of different countries. Uh, here too, although in Canada, like we don't exactly have tropical beaches. They're a little bit different, but you still go to the the mm-hmm. lake so yeah and the beaches are just full of freaking rocks and everything it was just bad or or like or like lj like weird like uh mm-hmm. rotten stuff i i went to a lake once where it was so shallow that you could walk across the whole lake and the mm-hmm. bottom of it just felt like rotten like we were like sledging through rotten gunk mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, going to the lake when I was a kid was uh, I was all about the mini golf. That was all I really cared about. Oh yeah, every every lake here has a mini golf course too, and they're awesome because it, it, they're kind of like run down a lot. And sometimes the more run down they are, the more fun they are because like no, ours was amazing. Oh, the one you went to is amazing. It was a it was such a good mini golf course. There was a hole with like a gigantic funnel. Like I'm talking like seven feet tall. Whew. Uh, and, uh, there was a pachinko machine hole. It was so good. Oh, and then wow. they gutted it. They gutted it eventually. It sounds elaborate. And I was so upset. Cause I was thinking, I'm sure you've been to ones too, that are just like, they're, I've been to run down. They're ones, totally yeah. run down, but that doesn't make them any less fun in a way. Like, like, like I remember me and my friends would really just like huck that ball around, like, like try to get in the 18th <laughs> from the, the fifth or something. Like, just, Cause there's no one else there. And it's just, yeah, great, great times. But that's what the, the beach episode's really supposed to invoke. And I, and I'll talk more about that a bit later in terms of references to other, other shows, but, but this is a beach episode. It's a break from the regular, push of the overarching plots like there's very little mention there is mention of like ash's goals still but there's no this doesn't add to that it's just uh yeah a fun little break yep so the next thing we pop into is team rocket they're up to some crap like usual yeah so team rocket is in this is the first time we see their large like giant gyarados submarine i believe we will see it uh in the future more they're they're on the way to Porta Vista. They're gonna steal all the Pokemon from all the tourists that are there, and we cut. To, there's really nothing nothing of substance in that scene. Then we cut to the gang who is on a boat somehow. Yeah, they're on a boat. I'm on a boat. Yeah. So <laughs> Ash didn't didn't borrow the boat. He thought Brock borrowed the boat, but Brock didn't borrow the boat. He was just following Pikachu. So the gang stole a boat. I am starting to see that when the gang accidentally does something a little bit nefarious, Pikachu's a little bit at the center of it. <laughs> Remember when they ditched Team Rocket at the bottom of the ocean and we were thinking that was Pikachu just like mm-hmm. just like planning their demise? And this one too, Pikachu's like, what the fuck's money? Let's steal that thing. <laughs> Pikachu is a sociopath. <laughs> Pikachu's twisted and we love him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so they crash into a dock and we meet uh we meet Mo. Well, they they crash with the Team Rocket sub and then into a dock. Yeah. So that's yeah, how they, Team they Rocket's like... uh yeah gets entangled in this all too. Their yeah, sub they like ramp off their they like ramp sub, off which is sick. Yeah, yeah. I mean their sub looks sick. It actually looks like super intense. But then inside it's like a pedal sub. They're all like mm-hmm. pedaling on a bike to make it work. It's kind of weird. 
But they hit, they bounce off of it. They hit a dock. Ash is like, the dock hit us. Oh, Ash, you're the dumbest <laughs> motherfucker. Where did I that dock come from? <laughs> it came out of nowhere. An old man who I'm pretty sure is a Master Roshi reference. Do you know who Master Roshi is? Absolutely not. Okay, Dragon Ball, classic literature, <laughs> manga from the <laughs> 80s, huge deal in anime. Um, and there they meet, uh, uh, you know, Goku is the young boy trying to train to be a great martial artist. And uh, his training happens, a big part of his training happens when he joins Kame Sensei's uh, School of Martial Arts. He's the, the turtle master, uh, also known as Master Roshi. And Master Roshi dresses exactly like this old man who appears in this scene. He's got like a Hawaiian shirt on, uh, a hat, and like a crooked cane, a big wooden cane. The only difference is Master Roshi also has a turtle shell on his back. Uh, but other than that, this definitely looked like a Master Roshi nod. So this old master, and, and okay, by the start of what this old man does, uh, who in the Pokemon anime is called Mo, uh, Master Roshi is also kind of a pervert. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so is this old man a little bit. Yeah, he looks at Misty kind of weird, but then he says he reminds her of, or she reminds him of his uh, his granddaughter. Right, and that... That is, okay, reminds her granddaughter, that's fine, but the look on mm -hmm. his face is, mm -hmm. like, kind of pervy, like, his cheeks go red and stuff, and you're like, what the, what the heck? Uh, in the Japanese, he, it's another one of these gross underage jokes. He says something like, um, um, I can't wait till you're 18 or something. Yeah, yeah like, it's, yeah. it's, uh, oh my god, like, one. why, why is a a fun kids show podcast that we chose to do. Why does it force us to bring up uncomfortable crap like that? Like, oh, figure figure your shit out, Japan. Like that's so weird. Um, I'm yeah. assuming. I'm assuming. But anyways, the, the the modern anime has um, <laughs> ditched those kind of jokes. Has ditched that effect. That'd be interesting to pay attention to. Does does the sick crap keep yeah, up? So it's very, it's very uh, yeah. So 90s. they they try to cover that up in the English. Yeah, it just says rents your granddaughter. Okay, so he's like a grandfather figure. That's cool. Yeah, and so they're willing to pay for the damages. Uh, they don't have the money, so Misty is willing to put Ash and Brock to work to pay for the damages. She doesn't want to work, which fair. Who wants to work these days? You know, am I right? <laughs> am I right? All the youths. I don't. I don't want to get a job, but I have to. I gotta pay rent. Just bullshit. Yeah. Jobs are rent is bullshit. Uh, okay, but rent is bullshit. I guess rent is bullshit. Rent is bullshit. Private property should be illegal. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're not that kind of podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get political. I want to talk about dumb cartoons. Colin. All right, well, let's get back to the dumb cartoon. Yeah, so we we get this parallel scene, which is nice of Team Rocket washing up on cart uh, on shore, and this like mean old woman uh, <laughs> who has like a pretty intense voice walks up saying like, "Don't be squatting around my restaurant." And Team Rocket decides, okay, why don't we get a job with her? Because, like, <laughs> well, they gotta fix their that sub. might be fun. They gotta fix their sub. Well, they gotta fix their sub, right? Yeah. You know what's funny about this woman? Hmm. So, is, Brutella is is uh, the name of this woman. In the uh, the English dub, the original English censored dub, uh, the Who's That Pokemon was Pidgeotto in, in that second. We haven't really talked about it at all. 
But like every episode has a who's that Pokemon when they go to commercial and you come back. It's like, oh, my God, it's Pikachu. The who's that Pokemon for this episode in the Japanese area was Brutella. <laughs> was the, it was the, the woman. woman. Yeah, like, she's not a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> OK, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Can we describe her? She's got these like um, Pippi Longstocking kind of braids, but she looks just like really angry all the time. She's small, kind of her arms out in like a Popeye stance. Pretty, pretty intense uh, antagonist, I guess. And the big parallel here is that we've got the old man who the the heroes are going to work for, and this intense old woman who the Team Rocket's going to work for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like everything except her face would lead you to believe she's like a young girl, and then you look at her face and she's like, oh, she's like sixty, yeah, like not even a young girl, like like a five year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like somehow like a baby and an ancient woman at the same time. Which I time. mean, you can dress however you want. We don't judge you. But it's a it's a statement. It's a statement. <laughs> it's, it's a vibe. Something. Yeah. <laughs> so Ash and Brock are marketing outside of Moe's restaurant. They're marketing like clam and squid and all these animals that aren't Pokemon. <laughs> oh, that's the part you picked up on. Okay, I gotta I gotta call this out. I love when this happens. There are times where me and Kellen will both observe the same scene, and Kellen's takes away takeaways or something like that. That doesn't align with the Pokemon <laughs> world. <laughs> did you listen to what they said? It was hilarious. Like you had me. I rolling. did, but I didn't really goes, write it down. This is where this is where I want to be a comedy writer for a kids show. You could have so much fun just writing the dumbest shit. Like, and then who who edits this? They're just like, yeah, that's good. Brock is like, get your French fry. French fried flounder and seven layered crab cakes. And then he goes, get them while they're cold, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ash says squid on a stick. Okay, that's actually the most normal of the of the dishes. And then uh, Brock says, clam juice snow cones. Get your slam <laughs> clam juice snow cones. I was like, I kind of wanted them to keep going. Right. <laughs> like, uh, come get your sun-dried scallop sundaes, folks. We got Tuesday's tuna tacos ready for you. It's a Saturday. I mean, fish tacos are a thing. So that makes sense. Tuesday's tuna tacos on a Saturday. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. yeah. And fresh hot dog water to wash <laughs> it all down. <laughs> they could have kept going. Yeah, clam juice snow cones is definitely Sounds the grossest of disgusting. the things that they mentioned. Of the things I mentioned, sun-dried scallop sundaes. That sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, get them while they're cold. Sun-dried people. scallops just sound like they would go bad. And it sounds like a health sick. hazard. Yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure if there's... There's probably a way to dry and preserve a scallop because they do that to, like, shrimps. But uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it because I don't know anything about that. So nearby Team Rocket is working at Brutala's restaurant doing the same thing. Uh, Brock notes, hey, Jesse looks pretty good in that uniform, too. So, hmm. hmm. Yes, Brock's sip moment. That made me realize, this is, like, the first woman, or Jesse's, like, the only woman we've that Brock has met that he hasn't, like, fallen over. Until just now. Yeah, but of. even not, well, he's, not he then until... He fallen over. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he just notes, like, oh, she looks good in that, too. But he hasn't gone, like, holy shit, this is the one, I'm gonna marry this woman. About well, he doesn't do it to Misty, either. Oh, yeah, probably. I guess so. Yeah. Or Ash's mom later. Spoilers. Well, that's 
you don't you don't hit on your friend's mom bro if she was ash's <laughs> mom oh brock you've been aiming in all the wrong places <laughs> so they taunt the gang and of course ash wants to immediately jump into a uh, pokemon battle or so it seems he's gonna use the pokemon yeah. to help them work which is pretty cute yeah, so we got straight up old school restaurant beef served up hot and rare. Team Rocket versus the Heroes. Does the Hero Squad have a name? Like, we need a name for them. So I don't even know what to write them down in my notes as. I've just been calling them the gang. Oh, the gang is good. I wrote down A Team because <laughs> A for Ash. <laughs> team Rocket versus the A Team. We could just call them like 50 different things and bounce between every term every time. <laughs> just confuse yeah, and everybody. See, and see if people can keep up. <laughs> <laughs> the Squirtle Squad 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love this old school rivalry. We got Team Rocket at the fancy referen- uh, restaurant. We got the heroes at the <laughs> weird clam snow cone shack and uh they're going to have a restaurant off. Ash exactly does what Ash does seems like he wants to fight. And then what happens? He uses the Pokémon to help them work at the restaurant. He's going to have Squirtle oh, and Pikachu yeah. pass out flyers. Pidgeotto is going to help fan the flames on the grill. Charmander is going to add fire to the grill. And Bulbasaur is going to help Misty serve the customers. Notably here, when Ash sends out the Pokemon, he says, I choose you, everybody, but Butterfree is absent. Where is Butterfree? You catch that stuff. Where Where is Butterfree? Butterfree? And this made me think, like, wait, hold up. Are we in the completely wrong order here? Because, like, has he gotten rid of Butterfree? No, it's just an error. Butterfree's back next episode. It's possible that there was some, like, creative uh discrepancies that happened out of order like it's possible that episodes were worked on out of order i I think especially this first season was like a little bit chaotic they're Mm -hmm. just like trying to pump out this thing to align with like game releases and stuff like i imagine it was a hustle yeah it was probably a total mess it it looks like misty in the one scene is serving a beer that seems illegal Illegal, folks. Ten-year-olds shouldn't serve beer. <laughs> Ten-year-olds shouldn't be serving. Ten-year-olds shouldn't be serving. In the first place. Yeah, good call out. Good call out. So Team Rocket is up to their old shenanigans, as usual. They're gonna they're gonna sabotage Mo's restaurant. Meow's gonna... Because well, this Pokemon scheme, where they're getting all the Pokemon to help at the restaurant, it's working. Mm-hmm. Like, suddenly there's tons of people here. I, I like how everything's happening within, like... I mean, this it feels like this happens within 20 minutes. Suddenly, tons of people are like, this restaurant sucks. Then tons of people are like, this restaurant rules. This, this <laughs> restaurant has Pokemon walking around, which that should, yeah, so that cool. should not be a novel concept in the world of Pokemon. Like, in the Pokemon is, world. How has yeah. no one thought of this? They definitely have. Not but in maybe this not section. on this maybe not, this not on this weird little island. Mm-hmm. You know? So Meowth uses a big fan to blow... Away the flyers from Pikachu and Squirtle, adds too much fuel to the grill to char the food, and adds classic cartoon shenanigans, the banana peel, to make Misty and Bulbasaur slip. Wah, wah. Wah, when, wah. He, when he adds all the fuel to the grill, I was like, he just, like, killed everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that grill exploded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get that cartoon murder happening? I mean, Elf puns here are, are, are on fire. Uh, he, He's like... He's like, look at the flyers. Get it? They're flying. They're flyers. You get it? (laughs) Like practically looks at the camera. Flyers. Do you get it? They also call Moe's restaurant the Twerpateria. Yeah, that was funny. I like that. Yeah, and all the customers leave. It's like 20 minutes. They're just so, these customers are just so uh, 
Yeah, gut impulse. You can't like, please they run it. in there. <laughs> okay. You just Misty can't falls please on them. a Yeah, Misty falls on a banana peel and everyone's like, fuck this. Banana peels <laughs> falling over. Fuck this place. Fuck it. And so Brutella threatens to take away Moe's boat if he can't pay. I gathered that Brutella is like the landlord here in the situation or something. Sure what it feels like, yeah. Which um well, so they're That's all sad in Mo's restaurant now because all of the the people left, right? And and Brutella runs in, and they kind of have this encounter. And yeah, we found out that Mo owes Brutella money. And yeah, if it does feel like she's like the landlord of this area, I guess. Yeah, which um, get a real job, am I right? Am I right? Am I, I told right? You I didn't want to get political. <laughs> <laughs> Landlords, who needs them? And the gang promises Mo. That they'll find a way to to make that money in the next 24 hours, even though they have no plan. Right, because so Brutella says, like, if they don't, if he doesn't cough up most, if they can't find most money, uh, she's going to take the boat. She's going to seize his boat. And he wants this boat to sail around the world. He's got this big attachment uh, to the boat. They empathize with him, you know, and, and Ash is kind of trying to pump his tires a bit. And then uh, a wild oak appears. Yeah, oak <laughs> is here. Random. And then so is mom. Oh, that was suspicious. Yeah. Oak and the mom just rolling. Yeah. Uh, this this episode possibly has the most evidence to the whole oak and Ash's mom being a couple theory. Oh, absolutely. They're they're yeah, totally they on a weekend getaway. Heck. They're totally on a weekend getaway to fuck. They fucking. Hunt. Yeah. They they yeah. say they tell Ash we'll explain while we're here why we're here later. Which is clearly a way for them to come up with an excuse as to why they're here. Yeah, the other thing is, like, okay, so when people talk about the whole theory that Oak and Ash's mom are a couple, they kind of make it sound, like, kind of creepy, like... Oak is like sending away Ash to get with to get with the mom. I think it I think it's an age appropriate matchup. Like, yeah. I don't think it's weird. It it uh it it it's perfectly fine, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's an issue. I don't know why it's seen as like weird. Yeah, it's it's just a funny theory. And he's the Chill closest out. thing to a to a father figure mm-hmm. for Ash. Yeah. So Oak tells them about the uh, the Porta Vista Pokemon costume and beach beauty contest. This is how they're going to make their money. All of these people yeah. are looking for something to eat. So they're going to advertise the place. And then they're also going to enter the uh, the the contest because there's a, a cash prize. Right. And this sudden turn into like, oh, there's like a weird contest we can use to re- make the money in is very like 60s, 70s sitcom. It's very like mm-hmm. happy days. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Or or uh, uh, Archie comics. Like Archie needs to fix his his jalopy so he's gonna enter a beauty contest to raise money <laughs> well jughead eats all the cheeseburgers as yeah it's classic uh we we, we need a, a storyline we need money so we're gonna throw in this random event that just so happens this to be random today. contest yeah, yeah that just happens to be right now yeah so i noted pidgeotto's like sending out all these flyers pidgeotto is sending out like hundreds of these fi- pidgeotto is littering all over the place <laughs> Pidgeotto, eco-terrorist. Come on, Pidgeotto, what the fuck <laughs> yeah, is wrong with on. you? Come on. And then we get the actual excuse as to why uh, Delia and Oak are there together. They're here with a hold on, tour hold group. On. Delia? Yeah, that's, his, that's, that's mom's name. Oh, shout it out. We got Ash's mom has a name. I did not know that. I, I just don't know. calling her Ash's mom. I don't know when they say it in the show. But well, it hasn't come up in the show yet. I don't think so, but it's just what her name is. I don't think so either. 
Delia. Anyway, they say they're here with Delia a tour Ketchum. group. They say they're here with a tour group. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. Their tour group, the Pallet Town Volunteer Patrol. Mm-hmm. I, I sure. How is that even the name of a tour group? Is sure. it a volunteer group or a tour group? Like I, I don't really understand what what they're doing. It's because it's they, a lie. They, yeah, they're there to fuck they're folks. Just there. Like consenting adults do <laughs> when they when they want to. <laughs> That's well, what that's what consenting is. means, yeah. The beauty <laughs> yeah. contest is on. Brock is doing the announcing. How the fuck did he get this job? <laughs> I, know, I laughed so hard. Because it's like, okay, yeah, this same day huge beauty contest event is happening that has like thousands of people. Brock just found out about it. <laughs> and suddenly he's like, he's like, how's it going, folks? We got a bunch of hot ladies on stage. <laughs> Misogynistic speed run coming at you. <laughs> Yeah, so before they go to the stage, we hear the announcer over the loudspeakers. We don't see him. And I thought to myself, huh, that sounds a lot like Brock. But it it can't be Brock. That wouldn't make any sense. It's probably just the voice actor. um, And they just didn't really try to change the voice at all. But no, it's 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 just fucking Brock. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. I <laughs> I'd like to think that there is a bit of a backstory there of Brock like like knocking out the actual MC <laughs> and taking his place or something. <laughs> like Brock just getting weird with it. Yeah, that's one scene we could have really used to explain <laughs> yeah. that shit. Right, it'd be double canceled then. So you say you say like uh, amongst all of this this misogynistic stuff and whatever. Misty makes a very good uh, commentary point. She's walking down. She said, this is totally degrading and embarrassing. Look at that, Misty. Yeah, she's True. she's suddenly she's suddenly embarrassed, even though she wanted to be in the, mm-hmm. the beauty contest. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a save. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's also weird to have a crowd of people... Uh, reviewing the aesthetics of a child is that what you refer to that but that that's a thing that's, that's a thing. like that's like those child beauty pageants yeah, which are fucked uh, up you know what those are weird those are fucking <laughs> weird. Out, folks those are weird those are weird this was weird everything's weird so uh the more interesting part i guess of this contest though or the more more fun part is like the idea is it's like a human beauty contest and then you have your Pokemon like dress up kind of or make like a costume. So she's got Squirtle and Star Me pretending to be a UFO. <laughs> They're like dress up as like an alien UFO spaceship thing. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's pretty it's pretty funny. But Brock says it's a star you. It's not a star you. It's a star you. Uh, Bro- Brock is just like so his <sighs> his head is boiling over this contest. He's not even thinking straight because mm-hmm. we know he knows the difference between a star you and a star me. Like the guy is arguably the the most Pokemon savvy of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so after the UFO scene with Squirtle and Star me, we get uh we we cut to a scene that is in full Japanese because this is one of the scenes that was cut from the English dub. Uh, Jesse and James burst onto the stage in uh, in a scene that wasn't localized where James has these very large inflatable breasts. Yeah, so <laughs> Jesse and James hit uh, Misty out of the way. They're both in uh, women's two-piece bathing suits um, and James has very large breasts and at first it doesn't even explain it and then you see him like pumping them up. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I guess they're like these inflatable 
things like so he's and and in the the japanese like they get into this weird very ham-fisted gender discussion misty's like aren't you a guy and he's like i'm a really hot lady or something <laughs> and i don't know and he's got these giant honkers he's inflating um yeah i mean i guess i get why this was cut and and, and not just because it's gross it's also just fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> like if you're gonna cut an episode like yeah cut this one it's so nonsensical it's it's one of those things that is like when they were writing this originally who came up with this idea and how yeah. was it greenlit? Like, this is a children's show? Why yeah, the need... editing on the writing is non-existent. <laughs> why why do um... we need like a, a scene where James shows off his boobs in a children's show? That's just strange. Pumps up his inflatable breasts. It's just, it's very weird. It is weird. Let's, let's say it. Yeah, let's call it what it is. Weird. <laughs> call it spade a spade. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking Call strange. Call an inflatable boob an inflatable boob. <laughs> and so Ekans and Coughing enter in a costume. They're supposed to be like this Ammonite or something. I'm not even entirely sure about this. And what's an Ammonite? It's uh, another of the ancient Pokemon or whatever? Yeah, it's the other fossil Pokemon from Gen 1. Yeah, I didn't get what this was about either. It didn't like, really so look t- like one. So Team Rocket in this contest was just stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Between when- pump up boobs and... And a nonsensical Pokemon costume. I don't know what they were doing. When is Team Rocket not stupid? Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Episode 2. Remember, they they were menacing in Episode 2 and never again. Mm-hmm. And so Gary crashes the stage now. Kicks seconds yeah, and coughing Oaks, off. Gary uh, grandson, who's Ash's rival, is suddenly there. He apparently came with Oak. Yeah, and he's there with like six of his his fan club girls. Who Brock yeah. is uh, kind of having a, a field day about. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, Gary, you rule. You brought six awesome <laughs> women with you. <laughs> Ash sucks. I'm going with Gary. <laughs> Go with Gary and the crew. Yeah, he starts like talking shit about Ash. And Ash, of course, being Ash, isn't going to have it and challenges Gary to a battle. Apparently Gary doesn't have his Pokemon with him, which I don't buy for a second. Yeah, this episode makes no sense. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, I gotta... I gotta I, I think it's good this episode was banned, and I don't, I'm not going to get into conversations about censorship and stuff because I, I think that that requires some, some nuance that uh, this isn't really the place to come to for that discussion. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into the censorship of it, but good it was banned because this episode just isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of sucks. They just ban all the bad episodes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> So now Team Rocket crashes the contest with the Gyarados sub. Ash has to be the one to tell everybody at the beach that it's not a real Gyarados because everyone else is apparently really stupid. And And how does Ash know? He actually hasn't seen it yet, right? No, but he knows Team Rocket is there. And so... Ah, yeah. So he just puts it together. Yeah. Puts two and two together for once in his fucking life. Well, that's the thing. That's the real sloppy writing here is Ash being the smart one. Mm -hmm. We've got two brain cells McGee here calling the shots. (laughs) So Team Rocket tries to murder this child with a heat-seeking missile. So he sends out Pidgeotto and Charmander to the banging music in the background. Oh, oh the music slaps. Okay, Here it this goes is, hard. I want to talk about this for a second. Remember last episode, our last podcast episode, there was a moment where you said that the music in the background was banging. And then there was a moment where I said the music in the episode was banging. Mm-hmm. 
those two moments and this moment, it's all the same music. <laughs> it's the same song? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. It's just like, oh my god, electric guitar is cool. It was like a monkey brain moment. Yeah, in an, epic, in an epic moment in the show, they always bust out that same tune. <laughs> yeah, I know that's like a classic Pokemon theme, right? Song, right? From uh, like f- mm-hmm. from one of the games. Yeah, it's a rendition of like the okay. theme of the the regular um, theme. But when they add on the like power boosted like butt guitars, uh, <laughs> I it, it slaps extra hard. It's it, the same song, but it gets me hype every time. It Gets me hype. Well, it reminds me of like in these like PS2, GameCube era Dragon Ball Z fighting games. It had this just really like kind of tacky, over the top butt rock music. That fucking slaps. <laughs> like, it's cheesy, mm-hmm. but uh, it's fun. Yeah, so I just find that really funny. We were talking about the same music in different moments. That is funny. Yeah. I didn't catch that. <laughs> so he sends out Pidgeotto and Charmander to redirect the missile. It it, uh, it blasts into Team Rocket, who run away uh, into the uh, the restaurant. The sub destroys it, sends them all blasting in, off. Into the fancy restaurant. So they blow up the fancy restaurant. And and something I'm not sure if we called out. So the whole reason that Team Rocket was attacking the uh, uh, event, they were being blackmailed by Brutella. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she's she's quite the uh, yeah she's a bit of a sketchy uh, force on this island. Which I don't see why Team Rocket would go along with blackmail, considering they're Team Rocket. They could just like go away. They could just ride the sub off into the sunset. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, maybe that just shows how uh, game nods to game mm-hmm. kind of thing. They're like, well, Brutel is really sleazy, so we yeah. kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so Mo is off now. He's going to go sail the world. We don't know how he got that money for it. He didn't have the money to keep his restaurant afloat. How he has the money to sail around the world, I don't know. Yeah. And then the gang says bye to Oak and Mom. They're off to get, uh, they're, they're off to see if they can continue their journey. Mom is holding a trophy. I thought this was implying that uh, that Ash's mom won the beauty contest, but it's not, unfortunately. She should. Give I, it to I, her. I, yeah, it zooms in. I can't read the Japanese on it, but on the English dub, it says, first place in our hearts, Ash Ketchum. So they, they gave him a trophy for saving the city. I like. I wish they hadn't zoomed in, and the implication was that Delia won the beauty contest somehow. I mean, she is mm, the sure. hottest. Let's give it up for Ash's <laughs> mom, folks. Woohoo! Ash's mom! Man, beauty contests are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Makes yeah. no sense. And that's the episode. Yeah. So it's a literary hour with Graham. So I I don't love the comparisons here, but I'm going to make them. You know, even when we uh, hurt our muscles, we take these stretches, mm-hmm. right? That's what this podcast is all about. Yep. So I thought of like competing restaurants. So there's uh, Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, behind the scenes of the restaurant <laughs> industry. Very good book. A lot of cocaine in it. Uh, very, very classic literature. <laughs> very classic literature. Okay, but another classic, uh, Old Man and the Sea by Hemingway about an old man who goes off in the sea. It's really about enduring hardships and the brutality of life and sort of like where our peace comes in in regards to like how savage and our relationship with the external world can be. 
it's actually a pretty depressing <laughs> book. Um, but I thought there was energy of, of Mo and his restaurant and kind of what he's idealizing that sort of aligns with that is he's enduring these hardships, even in regards to his restaurant, like when it was collapsing or when their business was going out, he was kind of like, well, look on the bright side, we tried our best, like shit happens. And I think that that's a lot of what Old Man in the Sea is about. Um, it is a depressing book. That, have you Did you have to read Old Man in the Sea in school? No. Okay, so it's about an old man in this on the sea. He's out Whoa. there like he's out there catching a like a giant fish, and he spends like several days catching this fish, and then he catches it, and then when he's bringing it back to to homeland, which takes him another several days, um, the fish like it's too big for his boat, so he has to tie it on the side, and it gets eaten by sharks. All of the meat that he got, and so he gets back uh, town after being like five days at sea. Uh, and he's got nothing to show for it. Oh, poor guy. Yes. <laughs> Classic <laughs> literature, folks. It'll bum you out. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, what I think's more interesting is the anime beach episode trope. So I talked before about how uh, this is like a cliche in anime is the beach episode. A uh, slice of life, how you're just like chilling out with the characters. And this really became a thing because it's such a... Uh, characteristic sort of Japanese vacation, as it is a lot of other places. But that break from the hustle and bustle of of working life, I think is like so meaningful if you look at Japanese work culture, which is brutal and exhausting and like working like extreme hour days and not taking very much vacation. So those like moments at the beach are like extra special. And I, I think that's why anime really goes to those uh, kind of fun beach episodes where nothing really happens. Uh, I found an article, Beach Episodes, The History of an Infamous Anime Tradition by Jason Mewell. Shout out that article uh, on Medium uh, if you want to look into the history a bit. Um, but he was claiming the first beach episodes from 1984, uh, Rumiko Takahashi's Yurisai Yatsura, uh, which Lum is from. Lum is a very popular character. She's like a like a hot alien lady who comes down and, and <laughs> lives with like a dude and and lots of hijinks. I've actually read that whole manga, and it's really long, um, but it's a blast, and it's really stupid and silly, uh, but it has, like, this aesthetic, right? Everything's, like, like when you look at the art, you're, like, a Japanese pop song starts playing in your head. It's, like, just got such a style. So he's he's saying that it's about the 80s when that kicks off, uh, and Rumiko Takahashi, uh, you, most people probably know her as the artist of uh, Inuyasha, Um a lot of her stuff has beach episodes. And then by the 90s, it was basically common. Like every anime has a beach episode. And they always do like typical things in a lot of them that we didn't see in this episode. One of the things a lot of them has is is the breaking of the watermelon. Like there's like a ritual where they have a watermelon and they tie somebody's, uh, they give them a blindfold and then they have to break the watermelon with a bat. That's like for some reason in all of them. So I guess that's like a game uh, Japanese children play. Sounds like a Gallagher bit. <laughs> it does sound like a Gallagher bit. Maybe maybe they're all just big like absurdist comedy fans. <laughs> <laughs> they just all really love Gallagher. Yeah, all the kids. Rest in peace. Like, uh, and now to do an impression of our favorite prop comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my take on that. A little bit meandering. A, a lot of stretches like usual. Shout mm -hmm. us out in the comments. Are these fun? Are these stupid? The literary hour. I think they're fun. If you say they're stupid, we're going to do two. <laughs>
my favorite slice of life anime is uh, Seinfeld, I think. <laughs> yeah, the OG slice of life yeah. anime, Seinfeld. That's good. It kind of is a slice of life anime. <laughs> it's just a show hanging, about nothing. Just hanging out with the people in a parking garage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's get to the rating. Chinese restaurant. Oh, yeah, the rating. the rating. I assume that's oh. what you were going for. I was going to just leave this episode behind. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, we have let's to rate, rate it. it. Rate it. So, the four pour, the plastic uh, ping pong pitcher of objective ratings. We draw random categories. Uh, feel free to send us ideas for categories, either at, in the comments or at 2killadelibird at gmail.com. Let's hear our first category, Kevin. Our first category will be Ash Moron Moments. Okay, moron moments. I mean, yeah, stealing the boat was pretty dumb. Um, but then he actually is smart, I guess, when he notices that the uh, uh, Gyarados is fake. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he forgets about his Butterfree. Yeah, what the fuck, Ash? You just have like a whole mini arc in the last couple episodes about how you didn't want to get rid of your Butterfree, and then you forget about him. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do better. Yeah, so I don't know. This isn't as Ash Moronic high points as usual. No. So maybe just like a five. Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay, next and one. And second category is Misty's Exasperation. Okay, okay. Um, Does she have any big yeah issues with the groove? She's She's got a uh, water drop on her head kind of during the... Uh, uh, beauty contest and again arguing with team rocket there's some good exasperation she throws the master ball beach ball at uh at ash when he says that she looks like a girl oh that's a that's a classic that's a good one yeah that's a good one okay so uh seven yeah i was thinking the exact same thing nice read my mind six we're on the same page a lot which is weird yeah because we also disagree about stuff i mean we're discussing the episodes so by then (laughs) then we get to rate them like we've informed each other of our opinions, and that might mm-hmm. be why we uh we align on things. Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe it'd be funnier if we like rated them before, so we get like twos and tens or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we disagree on a lot of things. Like I think little animation errors are interesting, and you tell me to shut the fuck up about it. I find details boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like... Every time, every time I bring up an, a weird animation error, you're like, "Do you really care about that?" You seem to forget that I have a degree in film production. I do forget <laughs> that. You're right. Well, that's why you care about it. Why didn't you just say that? I, I just thought, thought you it. Knew this. I thought it was because you were so Pokemon obsessed. You knew this. <laughs> well, I didn't think about it that hard. Good point. You still look at me as the the young cousin that spams pikachu thunderbolt and smash bros dude pikachu thunderbolt is is classic it is true that it's uh yeah it is hard probably like other people who have like younger people in their lives as they grow up yeah it is it does take a while right because mm-hmm. like it's, it's like and that's on us that's on the yeah. old people yeah, to what just the fuck, acknowledge that you've grown up but it is it is easy to forget yeah yeah <laughs> anyway Let's move on to episode 19. Episode 19 is awesome. Tentacool and Tentacruel. This is a top episode for me because it's That's like, a good one. it's got some weird sci-fi over the top nonsense, monster mayhem, crazy kaiju action. 
Uh, <laughs> it's also kind of like a disaster movie, mm-hmm. you know, starring The Rock, where he has to get everybody out of L.A. <laughs> and it's not in <laughs> the jungle, though. It can't be The Rock. It's not in the jungle. <laughs> you know, I know people make that joke. I think there's just as many... Uh, like stupid movies that look exactly the same of the rock in like a destroyed city or, yeah, just, or just like a city that were like a lot of craps going down. I think those are the two he thrives in either a jungle <laughs> or like, a, or like the middle of LA. Either way. I like the rock. Me too. He's, he's an entertainer. He's he an entertainer. He gets a lot of shit man. for, for playing like the same role over and over again. I still like him. I think he's a fun actor. I think he's a fun actor too. Like he's the kind of actor where like, you know what you're getting with mm-hmm. his movies. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that's okay. It's like, like Ryan here's Reynolds. the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I like good, a good meal, right? Like I like going to like a fancy restaurant or getting something brand new or trying a new cuisine. But I also like McDonald's, <laughs> right? <laughs> so just because Citizen Kane or Twelve Angry Men exist doesn't mean I can't also like The Rock. Yeah, doesn't mean I can't like watch Red Notice and have it be like a, not a great movie, but I still enjoyed it because it was just fun to watch. It's just fun, yeah. Like yeah. it was, it like Red allow Notice us to like. <laughs> critically, panned. Red Notice is like I I think pretty pretty low on on the radar, but like. I like Dwayne Johnson. I like Ryan Reynolds. Watching it was a fun time. So shut the fuck up, critics. I don't care what you think. My favorite movie is Fast Five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a joke either. I really like Fast <laughs> Five. It's so dumb. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Okay, so here's the thing about Fast and the Furious. And Family. I know this is a huge detour, but I have to talk about Fast and the Furious on this podcast at some point. Okay, so the first one is like a decent to okay kind of like drama about uh, like street racers who steal cars and stuff. And it's a, a kind of a point break ripoff where one of them's a cop, one of them's the street racer. Lots of dramatic stuff goes down, okay? Uh, starting, and then two and three are these kind of like mid-budget, not very good uh they almost they were in theaters but they almost have the feel of like a straight to dvd they turned it into like really like an action schlock fest but they were kind of like yeah not that into it still kind of trying to be the actual story but vin diesel isn't in them at all and then starting with four vin diesel comes back and they were basically like we could turn these into the weirdest, dumbest, over-the-top action movies where they're basically superheroes. And then starting with five on, like, the stuff they do is so over-the-top and crazy. They start bringing back characters from all the other movies, and they basically form, like, a street racing superhero team where whenever there's, like, something, like, a global disaster is happening, they're like, we need the best street racers to solve this crisis. (laughs) So they bring in all of these street racers who do like combat with cars and they fight like a submarine and then they're like almost in space and like and they there's one part where they're like parachuting with their cars like flying in the air it's so weird <laughs> and amazing yeah i've heard it i've heard it's kind of off the walls these days oh it's so off the walls and so is this episode <laughs> yeah let's get to the actual episode we're almost an hour in we haven't even started on the second episode because we're having a good time <laughs> So the gang is stranded in Porta Vista. They're waiting on a ferry. They missed the last ferry. It's going to be like three more hours until they get the next one. They're waiting to go back to the mainland. Yeah, the narrator says they they missed the boat. 
And the, the crew is, like, really, like, bummed out about this to the point where I figured, like, oh, they're going to, they have no way off the island. They don't know how to get off. I thought that's what was going on. And the narrator's just like, the next ferry won't leave for three more hours. I was like, that's not, that big a, like that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> when you're waiting specifically for one thing, three hours feels like a fucking lifetime. Especially to a kid. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Is is this is like the child storytelling lens, probably? Yeah, because because that does feel like a long time. As a kid, the drive to see you guys like over Christmas and stuff felt like an eternity. Oh yeah, it does feel like a long time as a kid. And actually, now that that doesn't sound long at all. <laughs> all right, so we see a horsey, and it's got a black eye, which is really sad. Aww. And uh, Dexter calls it a dragon Pokemon. Which it's yeah. I was gonna ask not. you about that. So this horsey is a, a seahorse kind of Pokemon. It looks like a seahorse. It's a cute little blue seahorse. And this one has a black eye. Very sad. They also say there's no Pokemon Center around. I found that surprising. Yeah, that seems like an oversight in the yeah. development of this uh, this island. Yeah, and so what's the deal with it? Because it's not a dragon. Yeah, it's it's classified as the dragon Pokemon. That's its category. It's not a dragon type though. Kingdra is when it eventually evolves in Gen oh, 2. Oh, okay. So it evolves so, into Seedra. Seedra is not a dragon type either, but then Kingdra in Gen 2 is, is part dragon. So it kind of makes sense, even though it's wrong. Yeah. It's like it's like how they classify Arcanine as the legendary Pokemon, which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, a lot of these things, like in Gen 1, I think they're just trying to uh, figure this out, like, you know, what the systems are and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And some of the things didn't quite land in terms of lore and then they sort of yeah tried to retrofit some of the things later it feels like so it spews ink in the ocean depicting a, a tentacool and a tentacruel the gang doesn't know what this is though it's pretty obvious to the viewers i think if you know pokemon. if they know pokemon but for for uh listeners okay so it spews these pictures let's let's describe this because i like can't assume that people know what these are uh, but they're basically like jellyfish Pokemon. They look kind of mm-hmm. a little more sinister, like jellyfish monster kind of things, right? Yeah. And out that's at sea, when they're well, yeah, because they're yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> jellyfish monsters. So the the gang's chilling there. You know, there's the the horsey that sort of thing. There's suddenly like a big boat accident out at sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a boat blows up in the distance. We could, you can see in the distance there's some sort of like construction going on. Yeah. And this nearby boat blows up. And so Misty sends out her water Pokemon to go save the people, which good on you, Misty. Good on you. Yeah, she really gets it together. Um, and this is a bit of a Misty episode in some ways, because it is about uh, the sea a lot and, and the connection with that. And Misty sort of the spokesperson for water Pokemon, for the ocean, for nature. Um, yeah, so she gets her, all the water Pokemon kind of rallied up and they're saving people and, uh, they pull out this one sailor who's paralyzed. It's terrible. It's terrible. He's given an Oscar worthy performance <laughs> <laughs> and he's saying he's got to tell the boss of what's going on. Got to tell the boss. So that woman comes back, but it's actually not that woman. She looks just like Brutala from the last episode, but this is, this is Nastina and she's the big boss around here. Um, we found out later they're cousins. Yeah, right? this these scenes are changed a lot from the original because the last episode wasn't aired in the West. And so the original dub had them seeing that scene and be like, oh, my God, this is the same woman from before. And she's like upset that she's being um, recognized as a different person uh. multiple times, both by the gang and by Jesse and James. So those scenes are changed quite a bit. 
because they yeah, because that wouldn't make sense. According to the Western yeah. canon, they've never they never met Brutella, so right. And and if you did watch the previous episode like we did, that mistake makes sense and is is like a totally appropriate joke because this woman looks just like the last woman, mm-hmm. um, except that she's like wealthier, obviously wealthier, right? And yeah. she's got these like half naked dudes who hang around her, like four <laughs> They're of them. They're just wearing speedos. They're just wearing speedos and they hold fans and they like pose all the time. They're kind of awesome, but it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's building the big, world's biggest resort out on the water. She knows that the tentacle are what's in- interfering with the construction. She wants them exterminated. She hates tentacles. She hates can't even. Tentacles. You can't even eat them. She yeah. Says. What the fuck? You probably can. Have you ever had jellyfish? no it's uh doesn't taste like a lot but when they put it in dishes it's not bad isn't jellyfish just like nothing how yeah how do you get any meat out of a jellyfish uh it's like a chewy kind of thing from the outside that's why it's definitely gotta be in like a sauce and on rice yeah. or something yeah it's not <laughs> bad but i wouldn't be opposed to trying it i just don't see how it's Edible. It's, it doesn't it's seem like not, anything. It's not like a must eat. <laughs> yeah. Should have said in the comments if if you think jellyfish is a must eat. <laughs> I think there could be really good jellyfish dishes. Uh, I would try more. I've had it a bit, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, this is this is all right. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like a chewy mouthfeel kind of dish. So Nastina offers is offering whoever can exterminate the uh, the tentac the tentacle with a bunch of food and a million dollars and access to the hotel. Brock and Ash can be bought with just the food, though. Which, <laughs> yeah, they're like, are those same. pork ribs? <laughs> Yo, you got pork ribs? <laughs> We're down if those are pork ribs. Misty ain't having it, though. No, she's like, She's not fucks. here for it. You sellouts. <laughs> Misty thinks Tentacool is cute. Yeah, that's nice. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. Misty's storming out of there. She's like, doesn't that old woman make you sick? Ash is like, well, she's not really my type. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> roasted, roasted. So she thinks yeah, tentacle she is cute. Yeah, I think what's cute is like the next shot where Horsey and Pikachu are playing in an inflatable pool. Very yeah, so they, they left, you know, the Horsey, I guess, to Pikachu. They've given it a potion, comes back. Okay, the horse's Horsey's healthy. But yeah, where they left them is it sitting in like a kiddie pool in the middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Makes and no P- sense. And Pikachu can go into like lounging mode in a, in the snap of a finger. So mm-hmm. He's like he's like chilling back with a drink. I don't know where he's always getting these fruity <laughs> drinks from. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't care because I love it. <laughs> I, I it's like it so too, yeah. cute. So Nastina is offering a million dollars to anyone in the city who's able to exterminate the tank. Yeah, because because so that the crew has turned down her offer basically. Mm-hmm. So she goes on like an all out assault. Over the megaphones in the city, a million dollars for whoever takes out all the tentacles because and they're the, the whole town the is here for stopping it. the resort. Yeah, and and Misty's like, no one's gonna help her, and then suddenly like this just horde of people show up, like like an absolute uh, crowd that would like trample people size, like Mufasa who dat kind of uh, trampling. <laughs> Yeah, I think a million dollars would make anybody question some of their morals. Oh, money makes people do mm-hmm. radical things. Um, yeah, and I'm sure lots of these people don't like the tentacles either, right? Yeah, like, it's a complicated not. relationship with, uh, with nature sometimes. And then I also noted, Nastina has a fucking tank. Where, where did, what? 
Yeah, so the crowd of people swarm the port. They're ready to get in on this tentacle hunt in action. And Estina rolls up with a with a with a tank. Not like not like absolute tank, like absolute unit. Like literally a, a an army certified a military tank. Military tank. So Team Rocket shows up now. Finally, Team Rocket's back. Mm-hmm. They're here for that reward. And they're gonna use the secret super secret stun sauce mm-hmm. to paralyze all of the tentacle, grab them up. Open up a fish market, not realizing you can't eat tentacle. Yeah, they just said before you can't eat them, so mm-hmm. that was kind of misleading. Of course, Team Rocket uh, joins in. Mistina kind of recruits them. Yeah, and so they use they go out on their boat with their super secret stun sauce to the uh, the tentacle horde, but the tentacle stop them. There's like a couple thousand of these things. Yeah, like ten ten thousand tentacles mm-hmm. surrounding this. One of them blows up their boat. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. So the tentacles all have these, like, red uh, orb-looking things on their heads. Misty calls them the rubies of the sea earlier. And from it, that that tentacle, like, shoots a laser beam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this a thing? Is this a Pokemon game thing? Um, I don't know what move that would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks cool. I'm gonna look. And I'm gonna look like at Tentacool's these, Gen One move set and see what these it could Tentacools be. look kind of alien. Like they're jellyfish, but they're like they kind of incorporate like some DC Comics esque sort of alien design. Like like a I, I get mad like Brainiac invading uh, um, Metropolis vibes during this mm-hmm. whole part. In Generation One, by level up, Tentacool learns Acid, Supersonic, Rap, Poison Sting. Water, Gun, Constrict, Barrier, Screech, and Hydro Pump. None of those moves seem like they would be a l- None laser. None of them look like a laser beam. No. Eh? So I don't know what move that could be. They look sick, though. Firing mm-hmm. fire my laser. Yep. The closest thing I can find is that in its, its stadium, Dex Entry says, fires beams of light from its clear eyes. But that's not no, even what happened. That's not what happens. It's a straight up laser, red laser. But I'm, I'm, I'll allow it because it's cool. Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they blow up the boat. The uh, Team Rocket's secret, super secret stun sauce spills overboard onto one of the tentacle, which causes it to evolve into a tentacruel and grow to enormous proportions. Yeah, and and the the gang at least uh, kind of answers my immediate questions right away in the moment because like this this tentacruel is like a skyscraper big like it's humongous and i was like is that how big they are and suddenly brock's like they're only supposed to be seven feet tall okay mm-hmm. good thank you okay <laughs> so this is weird because <laughs> not it's not seven feet tall it's like seven stories tall like it's mm-hmm. huge <laughs> the average tentacruel is uh about five foot three okay yeah. okay so it's yeah. it's like a small human even yeah so i'm taller than it nice and uh, they call it gangster of the sea yeah <laughs> So the Tentacruel and the Tentacool are all storming the city now. They cause a big tidal wave, and they start destroying the city. Yeah, this gets crazy, okay? Mm-hmm. So the the this is beyond just, okay, some jellyfish are stopping us from building this resort. We're also harboring the jellyfish. This is like an alien invasion now. It's it's Independence Day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're straight up destroying the city. Like, like giant buildings are falling over. There's water everywhere. They're firing lasers, and the tentacle and the tentacle squad with this one giant tentacle 
um, almost seem like a hive mind. Like it kind of feels like they're like communicating all together at once on this action. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this scene and the subsequent scenes scenes that got this episode uh, pulled from rotation for a long time after after nine eleven happened. Kids WB decided they didn't want to air this episode after that because of the destruction of the skyscrapers. Um, though that clip remained in the the theme song interestingly enough oh interesting yeah so it it aired once it was never shown again until uh cartoon network also began airing the series and then in 2005 it was pulled for a couple weeks because of uh, hurricane katrina as well okay makes makes sense it's a pretty it's pretty drastic imagery like they're really messing up this mm-hmm. like, they're like fucking this episode is so off the rails in a way because um sort of some of the tones and and stakes like they just go really high here and i really i do like the tentacruel and tentacles a lot though as like a kind of a scary alien force so what happens next is the the um, team rocket is stuck stuck up on a pole while they're hiding from the tidal wave um, but they don't know where Meowth is. The Tentacruel has Meowth, okay? And it it's starts... a Tentacruel world. Oh, it's a Tentacruel world. That's great. It starts using Meowth to talk. Like, so it, like, psychically transmits the hive mind language through Meowth's voice. And Meowth is, like, talking like the arbiter of the aliens. And it's kind of creepy and awesome. He's like... He's, so he's he's declaring the tentacruel's uh, uh, purpose, right, to the humans. You humans have been destroying our ocean. Like, he's got this, like, alien voice. You humans will not stop destroying our homes, so we shall destroy your homes. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, come on, tentacruel. Don't, don't you know an eye for an eye makes the whole, whole world blind? Yeah, tentacruel. Just Tisk-tisk. sue them like normal yeah. adults. <laughs> Take them to court. Take them to court. <laughs> So Tentacruel calls Horsey the spineless one because Horsey's trying to reason with it. Tentacruel calls it spineless, but I want to say jellyfish don't have spines. Oh like, yeah, think- yeah, yeah. That was that was I think a joke is that <laughs> that Tentacruel is like Horsey you piece spineless. of shit. Horsey you piece of shit. You do not have a spine. Siding with the humans. I do not have a spine. Literally. Yeah. So here's another moral quandary that uh, the Tentacruel comes with. Why are these Pokemon on the side of the humans? Why are yeah. they fighting for humans? Yeah, so all the Pokemon, Pokemon in this scene that the, the Tentacruel's just like calling out. He's like, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. Hey, you, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> We're all hypocrites. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the Tentacruel's coming with a very black and white stance on this. That's mm-hmm. like, you uh, you harm us and we'll harm you even. Yeah. yeah. And so the gang goes for a full power attack, sending out all their Pokemon. And then we get that scene from the intro where Pikachu's riding on Pidgeotto. Yeah, it just sends out the squad. And so all the flying Pokemon are carrying the non-flying Pokemon. Yeah, and Zubat's carrying Squirtle somehow. (laughs) I don't, I don't know how. Zubat doesn't have, like, arms or anything. Squirtle's uh, cosplaying as Batman. Maybe they just, like, super glued Squirtle to Zubat. Super glued. <laughs> <laughs> they just stuck them together. Get oh some contact God. cement in there. How would they get them apart? <laughs> it's a new evolution. <laughs> the bat squirtle. Yeah, and this is kind of effective, though. This uh, assault all mm-hmm. out uh, attacking back. Pikachu's frying a bunch of tentacles. The the star Pokemon are like 
just chucking them back in the ocean. <laughs> and Misty, we see her climbing up somewhere. She's going to, you know, try to advocate, try to to get the two sides to agree. Mm-hmm. So Pikachu is able to actually reason with the tentacle, able to like talk to it. Um, but it's not until Misty apologizes on behalf of the humans that Tentacruel retreats. But he promises that if it ever happens again, they will not stop. Everyone will fucking die. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's got mad brainiac aliens attacking the city energy mm-hmm. here. Why are Pokemon defending the humans? Misty's like, we're sorry. She Misty is the the definitely the hero of this mm-hmm, episode. Absolutely, though. she she really wants to not just uh, she wants to empathize with the Pokemon, but also figure out like a nonviolent solutions, um, which I think is definitely admirable, admirable, mm-hmm. admirable. <laughs> yeah, you uh, got there. Yeah, and so yeah, the Tentacruel's like fine. Okay, you got a good point. We'll stop, but you also, you got to make sure the humans don't fuck with us anymore, because we'll, yeah, we'll destroy every single one of you. We're strong. Throws away Meowth. He doesn't need his mouthpiece anymore. I, I think I would try to keep the Tentacruel happy. He's pretty fucking big. <laughs> yeah. I think he would uh, destroy anything in that. Well, plus, like, N- Nestina did not do an ecological survey before no. she started building. No. There needs to be some regulation to make sure that environmental impacts are minimized. Where is the uh, environmental board? Yeah, exactly. On this island. Exactly. Come on, Porta Vista. This was done completely wrong. So, yeah, Nestina hasn't learned a goddamn thing no. throughout this entire episode. So she shoots she at the has. Tentacruel. Tentacruel launches her into the sky, probably fucking murdering her. Yeah, we're we're. Uh, I'm glad though that the Tentacruel has, I, I I think kind of learned that not all humans represent all humans, uh, mm-hmm. and didn't take that to be breaking their truce. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and so she lands in um in the area where Brutella is mm-hmm. now. This is where we learn the reveal that they are in fact cousins. And Brutella tells her to not not to drop in on her. <laughs> the gang catches the next ferry back to the mainland. Misty officially has Horsey on her team, and then she steals Ash's pose, which goes for a fun moment because Ash gets pissed. Yeah, Brock's like, "I'm gonna try it next." <laughs> you guys, you guys get your own poses. That's the episode. Yeah, and they're off to the next gym, which we I, should. I like this soon. episode. I like this good episode. episode a lot. Yeah, it's just like weird, wacky, over the top, and it, it's reminiscent of some. Other good media, so let's get into literary comparison uh, hour with, not hour, <laughs> minute, <laughs> literary comparison minute with Graham. Uh, you know, an absolute classic piece of literature, one of the high points of human uh, storytelling, that dolphin episode, Halloween episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> you all know the one where the dolphins climb out of the sea to take vengeance on humans who have repressed them for so long and basically murder and enslave everyone. Pretty much the same episode, that's, eh? <laughs> that's it? That's your whole reference? No, I got more, but do you like that one? Come on, that is a very similar episode, right? Sure. I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh really? Oh my goodness! You gotta it check it out. Familiar, it's it's but one I of the Halloween specials. The Halloween specials are like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, top Simpsons episodes. This is a must-watch for anyone. It is an insanely funny episode. Very weird and over the top, and it has the same kind of plot progression as this Pokemon episode we just watched. No, this really goes back to any of these stories about uh, humans harming the earth in a way that gets uh, uh, humans to, that gets the earth to kind of fight back. Um, 
the Godzilla references are obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Godzilla, I'm not sure if everyone's aware of this, but like everyone knows what Godzilla is. Um, but as a as a story or as like a medium, it uh, happened in the 50s. You know, in Japan came out the first Godzilla. It's definitely a post nuclear warfare uh, sort of story. Because Godzilla, the idea is that this monster from the Earth was uh, was triggered, was was kind of rose, or even in some of the lore created from nuclear radiation. So humans uh, doing these things to the Earth to each other that caused this monster to emerge and and uh, you know enact vengeance. And and this is a theme that goes through tons of media and lots of Japanese media too. Princess Mononoke, great um, movie by Studio uh, Ghibli. Um, that's a lot about our relationship with nature and about how harming nature can uh, has all kinds of consequences. And then, okay, for a book, you know, a lot of this is modern media. I didn't couldn't really find a great literature example but uh you know lots of media examples um but jaws was a book originally apparently <laughs> so i'm <laughs> gonna go with jaws i didn't know that either <laughs> apparently the book came out and uh the 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 showrunners for the movie uh had had copies before it was even published or something so the movie went into production before the book of jaws even came out and the book and the movie at like hit shelves about like a year apart like shelves in theaters that's um, weird yeah, but Jaws is about kind of has the same industrialization of a beach, and then that pushed industrialization causes issues because like the when the first people are attacked by the shark, there's a lot of talk like okay we should shut down this beach we shouldn't be industrializing it more, uh, and the people who are making money off of that are pushing harder and harder like no that's just fear mongering keep it open and a lot of people die because this killer shark is eating <laughs> everyone. <laughs> So I think that has that story has similar energy here as well. Hmm. Interesting. 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 Okay, four poor. Let's get to the rating board. And our first category for Tentacruel and Tentacruel will be antagonist likability. Well, is that that's the Tentacruel? Would that be the Tentacruel or would that be Nastina? If it's Nastina, a two. I would probably say it's the Tentacruel. Yeah, this and is tricky. Yeah. I mean, if we can just choose, because I think they're both antagonists, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, the Tentacruel I love. Like, Ted. Like, he's dope as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, like, a scary monster. I love scary monsters. Uh, but Nastina would get, like, a two. I don't know. She's yeah. annoying. Well, they're kind of both antagonists, so what if we just they average are both. it out? A six? So, six. Okay. All right. And second category will be... I really need a bigger picture. He needs a bigger picture, folks. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's revert our rating from antagonist. We'll just scrap Nastina from that because the second character, our second category, is the character of the day, and that is Nastina. Ah, oh, so that's so, a two. So that's a two. There you go. Six out of ten. Easy peasy. Okay, so we'll use antagonist to be Tentacruel. This one yeah. to be Nastina. Okay, gotcha. So there you go. So two sixes this week, eh? Is that what not the bad, last not bad. was? I, I think thought so. last one was seven. Oh, was that seven? That's, that's too high for what it deserves. <laughs> it was episode sucked. The Tinnacruel one was good. I'll remember. I'll, I'll remember when I listen back. In James's <laughs> boobs will haunt everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost of James's boobs passed. All right, that's everything that we got for today.
yeah, that's the episode. Uh, shout us out in episode. the comments for uh, feedback. How are you liking the episodes? You can contact us and with other ideas at uh, 2 kilodelibert at, at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Spotify, all, all of the uh, uh, podcast platforms as well. Be sure to give us a review, subscribe, that sort of thing. Set your podcast to auto-download if you can. It helps the channel a lot. Uh, out, intro and outro music is by Alexi Action. It's called 80s Synthwave. Uh, yeah, is that anything else? Well, do you want to know what we're doing next week? What are we doing next week? Next week, we're taking a look at two more episodes. Next week is our 10th episode. We're hitting double digits, baby. Woohoo! We're looking at two more episodes. We're looking at episode 20, The Ghost of Maiden's Peak, and episode 21, a classic. It's Bye Bye Butterfree. We might have a special guest next week, right? Quote unquote special. It's not like anybody listening knows who this person is. S- Someone listening might, yeah, well, but nobody who doesn't yeah. know us in yeah. person would. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. We got two episodes then for next week, and the week after that, we're uh, we're meeting Sabrina, so that's gonna be fun. Oh heck yeah! And that's that's all we got for today. All right. Well, have a good one. Yeah. Keep it keep it tenta cool. That was horrible. You're horrible. I know.